This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world, and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We have everything Brazil and a little bit of news to talk about in the Formula One world. Frenchie, sprint race, probably the most interesting sprint race this past weekend in Brazil of the three. Probably due to the fact that Lewis Hamilton had to start dead last because of the wing penalty and came all the way up to fifth and uh, just just to go on the record here i said to my dad and i think something similar to shannon uh, over the weekend that in order for hamilton to stand a chance at winning the race on sunday he needed to start somewhere around 10th or 12th or so so i don't want to say i predicted it but like that might be like my best prediction ever with that being said the Hamilton penalty and subsequent Verstappen penalty. Do you have an issue with the the FAA calling a penalty on something where they admitted it probably just happened because you know parts shift during a race to be off by two millimeters? I don't know if I have an issue with that. I feel like Martin Brundle said it best on the broadcast of it's in the rules. So if they don't enforce it at all, then it just kind of shows that they can bend it whenever they want. You know, there's no real interpretation there. If the part is off by millimeters, whether or not it gains an advantage or not, F1 teams are expected to be precise and accurate and get these things right. So you can't just kind of let it go. I really hate your logic there because, I mean, you're not wrong. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. How do you account for, you know, if you hit a curb and something, you know, shifts and your DRS is now two millimeters difference? Uh, yeah whatever it's, it, it, in the end it's not one to get all twisted about but max verstappen also gets fined fifty thousand pounds for touching lewis hamilton's car and the yeah it, it is what it is it's a penalty it's really not worth diving into too much there now the race comes up and because of the also the five grace penalty five grid place penalty that hamilton has he starts the main race 10th. I don't think there was anything really interesting to talk about in the sprint race other than Hamilton moving up 15 spots. So we're already on Hamilton is is on a mission weekend, part one, after storming the field in Friday qualifying to only have it taken away from him. So sprint race or sprint qualifying, whatever you want to call it, Botas ends up the winner, Verstappen ends up second, Sainz ends up third. So the actual race itself has Hamilton down in 10th, as I mentioned, and everybody else was essentially where they started. And oh, we had Raikkonen start from pit lane due to changing their rear wing, but nothing super exciting there. But I don't, 
really think there's too much to talk about other than the Verstappen Hamilton battle and, and Hamilton incident. And then I have one rant, I guess you could call it an old man yelling at the sky clouds sort of rant. But the incident heading out of the first DRS zone where Hamilton tries to pass on the outside, Verstappen. Well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth here. So, what did you, what do you make of the incident, or were you fine with it not being reviewed? And then part two is, do you think this new footage of Verstappen's onboard will hurt Red Bull and maybe get Max a delayed penalty? I'm not sure. I mean, it's not as blatant as a Schumacher in Australia '94 or a Jerez 97 when he purposely crashes into a teammate. You know, people are making comparisons to that. And Max races hard, we know that. I've seen a couple of tweets online saying, you know, if Max raced Max, you know, if someone that was as aggressive as he was, they would crash constantly. So it just kind of shows you how smart um, and experienced Lewis is you know, to be able to avoid a, a catastrophic incident there that would, you know, possibly take them both out of the championship. Um, obviously, that's not the way we want to see, you know, things go. We want to see them battle and come out clean. Um, so I think it's it's on the line, but I, I don't like the idea of giving a penalty after the fact. I mean, we let them race during the race, so why then kind of mess with the championship battle now by giving a penalty? Yeah, my biggest issue, so the actual, I mean, from from the onset, I went, wow, that's, it looks dirty, but I don't see all the camera angles here, and I think the the crazy thing is, is to not even be reviewed, is it goes to my point, I've said a hundred times this year, is the FIA is so damn inconsistent. If they were consistent all year in, in reviewing stuff and not reviewing stuff, you can at least make a case for or against what happened there you can't do that because they just they pretty much just flip a coin and they go heads we're going to review tails we're not going to review and then they don't even necessarily listen to heads or tails because it just it feels very whatever they want to do and it feels like red bull and mercedes are held to a different standard than every other car on track and I don't know if it's F1 trying to keep the entertainment level high as we get towards the end of the season and in, in what's been a incredibly memorable season. But man, when you see that onboard of the footage that came out today, it was Tuesday morning, where Verstappen clearly doesn't have as much left turn angle in his steering wheel as he had on almost any other lap. And and I I posted it on my Twitter again on Tuesday where you can compare lap by lap how Verstappen turns into that turn, and he clearly doesn't turn as much. So he's forcing Hamilton off there. A, that wouldn't happen if there was gravel instead of stupid six miles of runoff. B, if you're going to run somebody off the road like that, or force somebody off the road like that, it should at least be reviewed. I think it was dirty. I think it should have been a penalty during the race. After the fact, what's it going to do? The only thing it's going to do is drop... Verstappen from second to third if it's a penalty but even then doesn't doesn't hold as much weight because it's you know at least 48 hours later before we get a penalty I I don't know I just I think the biggest thing to me this weekend is we saw how 
mentally sound Lewis Hamilton is from the start of a race weekend to the end of a race weekend. He had every day he had something go wrong. Five place grid penalty on on Friday for you know for Sunday's race. Friday night into Saturday morning, he has the rear wing DRS drama. Sunday, he starts 10th, and he has the drama with Verstappen a, a couple times, and he still wins by 10 point, just under 10.5 seconds. That's That, to me, right there, is why Lewis Hamilton is one of the best F1 drivers of all time. He's just so good. He doesn't let anything distract him during a race weekend, no matter what crazy shit is going on he finds a way and yeah sometimes he gets a little whiny but i mean listen every every good driver gets whiny when things don't go their way so i don't hold that as much uh, as as against him as much as i used to yeah i don't like when he whines obviously that's kind of my biggest gripe with hamilton especially when you're in the fastest car or i guess red bull is arguably faster this season but you know consistently over the past whatever how many years it's been the past almost decade the best car and you whine when things aren't going your way because i think things have gone his way a lot but he didn't whine basically at all that i heard during the race in brazil you know he was just putting in the laps and it was pretty incredible to watch i mean this was a masterclass performance to keep himself in the championship hunt and for a while there it seemed like the momentum was headed max max's way but I mean, if Max is going to keep doing these kind of borderline moves, as you alluded to, uh, I mean, that's not the way you win a championship, right? He was still going to be in the lead even if Lewis passed him. So kind of to race him that hard was pretty pointless. Yeah, man. It's just one of those things where I get it. Verstappen's going to be more aggressive and you take more chances, and that's fine. There's, There's very successful drivers that have been that way. But he he gets in his own head at times when he doesn't necessarily need to be that way, which is probably the most frustrating part of it all is, is you know, just find a way to persevere. And I, I know, and, and maybe that comes with age. I, I think sometimes we forget Max is, what, 22, 23? But 24, yeah, I just looked it up. 20, 24, thank you. But I would say this is probably Hamilton's drive of the year right now. Essentially, he went from looking at a 27-point gap with three races to go to now it's at 14 points with three races to go. And 14 points is essentially nothing. If if Lewis wins two races and Max finishes second, that's a seven-point advantage. So you go into the final race deadlocked with no differential. Obviously, I'm assuming neither of them get fastest lap because... You know, Perez took it this weekend on the last lap, similar to how Botas did that last weekend. So I do want to talk about that in a minute, actually. I have a rant yeah. about the fastest yeah, lap let's, thing. Let's let's go right into that. So I was perusing the race as is, you know, one of my favorite kind of motorsport websites for news and coverage opinions. And I came across this opinion piece by Gary Anderson, who was most famously a, yeah. a designer and a engineer for Jordan. Um, back in the 90s and 2000s. And he, I think, made a really good argument for, in what he titles his article, F1 must change its ridiculous fastest lap rule. Um, Talking about how, basically, back before the fastest lap point came back in 2019, it was an honor to have the fastest lap. Yeah. 
but it wasn't something that guys would completely go off strategy and just sacrifice places in a race for. You know, to put softs on, you know, in the last five or so handful of laps in a race to get steal this point. And I, I agree with him. I think it's just kind of lame. It just looks really ridiculous to see a guy pit in that last, you know, period. And I get, you know, have the fastest lap as an honor, but it kind of has to fit in with your whole race pace to put on fresh tires and just go out and do the fastest lap. I'm pretty sure most drivers in the, you know, if they have decent equipment could go out and do that in the last handful of laps in a race. So I think it takes away some of the, the special aspect of having the fastest lap, because if you do it while you're racing, that's more impressive. You have to manage your tires. You have to manage, I mean, I guess back in the day with fuel, things like that. And it was just kind of a more interesting honor to have and now it's i think just turned into a bit of a gimmick yeah i see your point i i read the article i'm gonna disagree only because it adds another level of kind of strategy and gamesmanship more on the constructor side of thing than an individual driver side of thing you know sergio Perez helping out for stappen botas helping out hamilton still you know finishing Perez finished fourth i think botas finished third or fourth last weekend i already forget nonetheless yeah he was third i am all for keeping it in there for that exact reason and just another little strategy twist that may not make a a difference in the end but right now where verstappen's lead is 14 points i think it's pretty intriguing but let's recap predictions and then we'll jump to driver of the day and all that fun stuff here Let's see here. Okay, so we have sprint race. Who would finish P3? You had Botas. I had Signs. It was Signs. I'll take the win on that one. Nailed it. Dark Horse top 10. You had Yuki, who finished 15th. I had Raikkonen. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. finished 18th 18th yikes okay or no i'm sorry it's 12th he, he finished 12th yeah he was 18th in class in qualifying not much better bad weekend you had lando he finished 10th i'd say that's not far off you i had perez <laughs> he finished fourth you win that one good weekend you had leclerc fifth pretty solid i had vettel 11th not a solid so you get that one as well. All right, Frenchie, driver of the weekend. I'm going to have to go with Lance Stroll. What? 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, absolutely not. He's like <laughs> the opposite of my driver of the weekend. I don't know what's going on with that guy lately. I keep harping on him because I'm not his biggest fan. Um, but I, I really don't understand what's going on there. Something needs to change. And it's it, the problem with, with me, and I'm not, I don't want to go into a big rant about this, but he's one of those guys who you know, based on his performance, is never going to lose a seat. So it's yep. just frustrating to watch him basically way underperform in my view or make these mistakes and just know that he's going to be there as long as he wants yeah i i agree uh my real driver of the weekend or day i guess is probably carlos Sainz. i think he had a good weekend i thought he was gonna probably finish a little bit higher but you know he's been on a consistent run of points and i think he's really right in there with leclerc now he's probably the uh best teammate we've seen Leclerc up against at Ferrari for a while. All right. I'm going Lewis Hamilton for everything I've already mentioned. I think this is the one time I can take the quote-unquote easy answer because of how good he was all weekend. All right. Disappointment of the weekend. I think Daniel Ricciardo was pretty disappointing this weekend. He didn't, I mean, he ended up retiring, Yeah. but he just wasn't really in there. He qualified 11th and just was kind of nowhere throughout the race until he retired it was kind of i mean lando has obviously just finished in 10th mclaren seems to sort of have something wrong lately as their constructors uh third place seems to hang in the balance but yeah i'm gonna go with ricardo because i i expect more from him especially somebody who's won as many grand prix as he has fair i'm gonna take i think i took them last week too but i'm gonna take both williams drivers this week they Russell finished 13th, Latifi 16th, but for the at least the second straight weekend in a row, it might be the third weekend in a row, they've really just not had any pace and seem to be quietly disappearing as they go back into their stupid woodworking shop so they can skip the first three tests of the 2022 car. But move on there. I'll bring up one thing of on the on the news front and then turn it over to you. And this is going to segue right into my trivia question as well so antonio giovinazzi will be leaving alfa romeo and as we all saw this week going to dragon formula e team and guan yu will be stepping up from f2 to f1 and taking over giovinazzi's seat that being said frenchy here's your trivia question Guan Yu Zhou will become the sixth driver in F1 history with a last name beginning with the letter Z. How many of the other, how many of the five can you name? I know Alex Zanardi right off the top of my head is one. Yep. Now I'm basically kind of drawing a blank, but let's (laughs) think about this for a minute. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you some time. Is Zampadri one of them? I don't even remember his first name. No. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, I may be able to name one this week. That may be, That's a pretty pitiful performance on trivia yeah. for me. But I'm guessing that the other drivers are people who were pretty much backmarkers. Emilio Zapico. Okay. Ricardo Zanta. Oh, I should have named him. He might know. Renzo Zorzi and Ricardo Zanino. Okay, he was an 80s guy. I recognize that name too. But yeah, I'm pretty sure those guys didn't rack up that many points in their f1 careers i venture to say they have close to as many as as you and i have combined which is a negative 50 so they're probably right around the zero mark there but yeah guan yu zhou is a talented young kid obviously 
He has things working against him, a.k.a. nobody wants him. No, None of the fans want him there. They all want Oscar Piastri. You know, I, I think it's... I think we shouldn't judge him yet. I think we need to give him time, and I'm curious to see how he'll do. It's it's a good spot for him to be in with, with Botas as a teammate and have some experience there, and he's got a nice sneaker collection. That's cool, so... <laughs> We'll see. I don't know if you have any any different thoughts, but I'll uh, turn it over to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not excited necessarily about him coming into F1, but it's not like a Mazepin situation where I don't think he deserves a seat at all. You know, he, he's shown some talent, not to the level of like a Piastri. So I'm going to try to withhold judgment and just see how he does. I also don't know much about his personality, so I'll, I'll kind of wait based on that. He seems like he has a good sense of humor and seems like a pretty friendly, upbeat guy, so... It's good to have, you know, the first Chinese F1 driver. That's just big, especially with, a, you know, the Chinese population being as big as it is and having the Chinese Grand Prix come back. It's going to open up a whole new market. I think that's a very good point there. So um, I'm intrigued, obviously, first Chinese F1 drivers. Pretty damn cool to kind of add to the F1 history books there. All right, Frenchie, what do we got next? So I just have a couple of things. It's kind of been a slow news week. Yeah. But the... One of the more interesting and kind of offbeat funny things is I saw on Prime F1, which is a Spanish-language F1 website or news resource, they quoted Helmut Marco in Spanish, and my my translation roughly comes out to everything we had feared occurred, but only with uh, Hamilton's motor. Why do six or eight cars with uh, Mercedes motor and only one... Uh, like that only one runs like a frightened pig for its life. Very strange. So helmet Marco with that really creepy metaphor there, um, a frightened pig running for its life, but he's basically trying to stir things up and say, oh, there's six or eight Mercedes, you know, engined cars. And we only see one that has the speed and performance that uh, Hamilton was able to have. I don't know about you, but I didn't see anything resembling a frightened pig um, in Hamilton's car this weekend. It looked more like a rocket ship. So yep. Yep. maybe a different different phrasing for Mr. Marco. Is, is there a chance? Dr. Marco. <laughs> yeah, Got to give him his credit. Yeah, he deserves no credit. Is there a chance that the translation translated... Now, I, I know you are very fluent in Spanish. Is there a, tr- is there a chance that pig meant something else in spanish and that's just how it's coming out or did he actually mean pig to the best of your no i mean he he used they quote him as saying the word cerdo which is c-e-r-d-o which means pig literally in okay spanish. All right. so i'm, I'm trying i'm trying i'm grasping at straws here um yeah so i'll have to see if th- maybe another website quotes this in english and maybe it just kind of because i i don't know if helmet marco speaks spanish so i assume this is a translation of his quote right 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 so we'll have to see if another website kind of puts this in english and maybe it it comes out a little bit differently but what do you think of him making these insinuations about oh lewis has special mercedes engines i wish helmet marco would shut the up i thought you were gonna say die and be like a real savage no no (laughs) i just wish he would stop talking yeah i just wish i just wish he would stop he's annoying 9.9 9.9 times out of 10 he talks out of his ass and he sounds like a jerk and he i mean listen i know he's gonna have red bull bias obviously but 
these these silly insinuations that he always makes just needs to stop like stop it just stop he gets in max's head i think i really think that this kind of stuff like he makes max paranoid and i think he just creates a paranoid atmosphere at red bull based on all the things i've ever heard about him um and you know looking like a james bond villain doesn't really help with that you know shout out to my man lawrence stroll for having the same kind of bond villain look but uh yeah, I don't really understand why he would kind of question this, but it's all this posturing that we see lately of, you know, the engineers and the guys on the pit wall radioing in to Michael Massey as soon as anything happens on track and making their opinions heard. And it's just very kind of, he said, he said, like, let's get in this war of words, get in each other's heads. I have a question for you. Who's more annoying, Helmet Marco or Christian Horner? That's interesting because I know Christian Horner is known as Karen a lot on yeah, the internet. He's, he's essentially a male Karen. Yeah. Um, I, I Sorry think... to any Karens that happen to be listening to this show. Yeah, I feel bad for people with that name. Yeah, that sucks. They're I'm a nice from Karen. college whose name is Karen, and she changed her name on Facebook so people would stop making Karen jokes. Oof. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the, the two of them together are just pretty annoying. I I, I yeah. don't know. I'm waiting for George Russell to come up to Mercedes because, uh, as you know, I'm not... I mean, I respect Lewis Hamilton a ton, but he's never been my favorite driver. And then I respect Max's talent, but he annoys me to no end, his personality yeah. kind of. Yeah. So i i'm ready for someone else to be fighting for the title that i can get more behind like a george russell who just seems to have a better personality and uh the same amount of talent yeah i i like lewis hamilton more now almost for the stuff that he does off the track yes uh he just seems like an amazing person have really opened my eyes in the last couple years to how much they do off the track for various uh, causes and whatnot and have really I think it's I think it's awesome. So, yeah. Okay. What's up next? Uh, so I think the last kind of news item of note that I saw over the weekend was that Pato Award um, got to take a ride in Mika Hakkinen's 1998 McLaren uh, championship winning car. I think that's the MP4 13 yeah. um, around Laguna Seca and. Wow, just the sound of those V10s. Oh, my God. Yes, if you haven't seen the video, I think Pato posted it. I think Marshall Pruitt posted it. Go listen to it. Just, you don't even need to watch it. Just listen to it. It's it's magnificent. It's the best Formula 1 sound there is. I have one thing. I forgot about my rant earlier. Uh, feel free to chime in, or I'll just rant away for a minute here. But there was a lot of social media <laughs> shit this weekend after Hamilton won when people said Hamilton can't be considered one of the best drivers ever because he hasn't raced in multiple disciplines and blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. And to some degree, I understand that, you know, Kyle Larson's also been called one of the best ever this year and he has raced multiple disciplines, but he's only done it for a couple years now. Lewis Hamilton's won six world champ, seven world championships, a hundred races or a hundred poles and, 100 races. I don't know. How many race wins does he have? 100? 101, I think it was, after Brazil. Yeah. I, it's so many, you can't even keep track anymore. And weekends like this, where he dominates 
despite everything against him and then can still go home and do everything off the track that he does for motorsports and you know to raise awareness for various causes and whatnot the the man's won 101 formula one races he doesn't do that just because the car is good there has to be a deep set of talents there for in order for him to make make the most out of that car so i think we can stop with the lewis hamilton isn't one of the best drivers of all time because he hasn't raced a sprint car whatever garbage you're gonna come up with because a you look like an ass b sometimes you look a little racist and c he's just damn good let's just accept he's good and enjoy the talent and you know he's not a bad guy he's not annoying and doesn't say stupid things like Verstappen occasionally says in to either to the media or that gets picked up by the media he's just a very wholesome dude so I think we just need to let go of that silly narrative and just enjoy this because we're not always going to get a Lewis Hamilton level mega talent in F1 every year. You know, he might retire and there might be a couple of years where maybe George Russell isn't quite there yet and maybe he'll never get there. We don't we don't know, but I think we just need to sit back and enjoy the awesome talent that we have in front of us while we still can. So that's all I got. I see Frenchy shaking his head, so I have one Please. thing to add to that actually. Yes. Uh, the counter that I want to make to all these people, but to engage them is usually pointless, is Ayrton Senna and Michael Schumacher. Did either of those guys do much other racing outside Formula One? No. I mean, Schumacher did some sports car racing, but if you're going to argue that because they didn't just branch out into other series, uh, that they're not extremely talented and some of the best drivers of all time, I mean, they're fellow drivers. We have, still have the debate about which one of them is the greatest ever. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that just because they didn't go drive a NASCAR or do World Rally Championship or something, they didn't feel like it. They didn't have to prove their talents in those other series because they did it in F1. Also, with the current F1 schedule, like there's like six free weekends before next season starts. I think we were... And he's and Lewis is also you know doing the humanitarian and social causes and and whatnot that he supports. I think the man's allowed to have a few weekends at home. Who knows what he's going to do after he retires? Anyway, he may go yeah. race sports cars like Alonso has. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I love seeing guys like Juan Pablo Montoya switch between different series, um, or or Fernando Alonso. But I'd also make the argument that that's perhaps why those guys haven't don't have seven world titles in Formula One because they kept switching series. You can't rack up the amount of success that Hamilton or Schumacher has had if you try to spread yourself too thin and do all these different kind of series. Agreed. All right. This weekend, Qatar, the... You guys are going to laugh at this one. The Uridu Qatar (laughs) Grand Prix. Vegas 1 is bright and early, 5.30 a.m. Friday Eastern time. Qualifying Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Sunday race 9 a.m eastern so we're back to the morning slots everybody thank you for listening if you want to support other podcasts on the network we are on which is the evergreen podcast network go to evergreenpodcast.com and check them out there's also a press release about us that came out two three weeks ago if you just google evergreen and pit lane parlay you can read that if you wish make sure to check out our new tiktok channel 
Pit Lane Parlay, where there's episode previews and some previews of YouTube stuff that Mr. Hickey is doing. And I think that's it. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.